Hello, welcome to the new the episode of the Old Dog Soapbox Podcast. Your host Norman Goodman. Thank you for joining me, and I hope everyone is doing well and that you are having a great day um, here in Norfolk. It is now uh, <laughs> by eight thirty, so I was trying to adjust the lights. Is I mean, this is trying to get it all set right. I still have some professional issues I have to get right or whatever, but I apologize for the lighting if it's not uh, right. So right now I'm just trying to try something and see if it works. So uh, let me put my headsets on and see if that, if I can, let me see. All right, so I'm trying these new headphones out, so I'm not sure if they're going to work well, but uh, here we go. And action. Anyway, thank you for joining the Old Dog Soapbox Podcast, your host Norman Goodman. And um, today, a couple of things I want to touch on real quick. I want to touch on affirmative action, how I think affirmative action needs to be buried in a grave with a cross, rest in peace, get rid of it. And I will explain why. Um, I'm also touch on that Joe Biden speech the other day. I don't know what that mess was, but <laughs> I'm just giving you my perspective on the whole thing. Um, I'm talk a little bit about the Joe Biden administration um, school loan debt relief. Um, and uh, whatever else comes to mind right off, you know, whatever I, you know, think about, you know, you know me, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to ad lib. I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And um, this is why I call it the Old Doll Soapbox Podcast. And um, again, you know, subscribe to the podcast. I'm on um, Spotify. Um, and um, I use Anchor to do voice recordings. So it's on Spotify, Old Dog Soapbox Podcast. Uh, when you go online, if you try to plug it in online, it's kind of separated. It's, it doesn't all run together, but it will still pop up Old Dog Soapbox Podcast. And you will be able to get some of the, my all of my um, podcasts that I've so far put up. Now, this is my second video, um, and um, I'm going to upload this. And this will be uploaded. But um, let's talk about, um, and, and this is something, I, I had a, a little lunch with my buddy Steve yesterday, Steve Paget. If you listen, Steve, great lunch yesterday. We got to do it again. And I definitely will be involved in uh, some council meetings because he's been trying to get me to get involved with some of these council meetings uh, in our city. And I've been kind of reluctant because... Um, my, if you ever listen to any of my podcasts, you know how I feel about politicians. I don't think uh, you go into politics if you're playing with a full deck. Uh, that's just not a reality. So I don't have any uh, confidence in politi politicians, whether local or national. That's just the way I am based off of history and politics. But um, I told him I would definitely because he wants me to really get to talking to some of these people because he was like, the things you're saying, he said, you're going to probably rattle some cages, step on some toes. But he said, I think these things that people need to hear, especially African-American delegates. So, cause I'm just a regular guy, you know, I'm not the smartest cookie in the bowl. <laughs> I just build a library. I read, I research, and I have my own way of dissecting and looking at the world. So let's go on and let's get with this affirmative action thing that I think has been one of many disasters for African-Americans. Now, I was telling Steve yesterday, and I asked him a question. I said, do you, this is how affirmative action has hurt the African-American blacks or uh, Negroes, whatever we call ourselves today. But for, for the sake of arguments, I'm just going to say black. The black community. I told him, I said, well, let's take affirmative action, for instance. I said, what does it, for, African, for a black person to get into Harvard University, what SAT scores do they need to get? And I told him, I said, to be qualified to get in, to get a letter, you need 1,100. African-American, 1,100. 
that let's look at the Asian children and let's look at the white children. The Asian children, and let me get this for you. Female Asian children, Asian Americans, okay, only receive a recruitment letter if they score 250 points higher than the black student, meaning they need a three, a 1350. This for the female Asians, a 1350 just to get a letter. The men, Asian men, need to get a 1380 on the SAT score just to get a letter. But the black student and the Latin student only have to get an 11 on the SAT score. I think you would get 200 points for just putting your name on. And the white child only needs to get a 1310. Especially out of states of, as they were saying, states out of Montana and Nevada who, who don't really have a high attendee of uh, student body coming out of those states going into Harvard University. Now, the Asian children did file a lawsuit against these universities, Harvard and other universities, for discrimination. My opinion on the thing, this is flat-out discrimination. This is the one thing that African Americans have always complained about. And I'm going to try not to use profane language, folks, because things like that really ag this, like, agitate me about the African-American community. Right now, you hear nothing but diversity, inclusion, equity, equality. You hear that a lot. Black Lives Matter, African-Americans. You're constantly hearing this all the time. It's only equity and equality That doesn't matter when it comes into getting into these universities. It's okay for African Americans. They will accept saying, oh yeah, I only have to get 1100 Not a problem. The hell with the Asian children and the hell with the white children. Yeah, we don't have to reach the standards that they reach. And the thing that bothers me about that as African, as black folks, we accepted that. We actually said to the rest of the world that we cannot reach the standards that the Asian children and the white children are. So cheat for us and let us get in, even though we shouldn't be there and we shouldn't be qualified to get there. We shouldn't be there because we don't qualify to get in. I'm looking at the Asian child and I'm saying the Asian child has to get the, uh, the woman, 1350, and the, and the men, 1380. Out of 1,600 points, mind you, out of 1,600 points. And the African-American child only has to get an 1,100 combined English and math. I mean, ridiculous beyond absurdity. If I'm trying to, as an African, as a black person, I'm going to say African-American too, whatever. And I'm trying to convince you that I am just as capable and qualified as you are. And you telling, and you saying to the Asian girl, she got to get a 1350. And the Asian boy, he has to get a 1380. I'm going for the goddamn 1380. I have to prove to you that I can do it in order to gain your respect. So when I hear, and I've heard this before through YouTube uh, uh, channels, and I've heard Afri African Americans complain that Harvard University was racist. Now, I've never been on Harvard University. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But I take it with a grain of salt when it comes to African Americans. When I see... That African Americans can get on that campus and become a student with an 1100. These people aren't racist against you. They pissed off. Okay? They're indignant. They're resentful. Because they had to work their asses off and get a higher score just to get a letter, and you didn't. 
So yeah, when you walk and when you carry your black behind on that campus, they're going to look at you and say, you didn't earn it like we did. You shouldn't be on this campus because you didn't earn it. If you can't get a 1310, you can't get a 1300 on an SAT score, then your black behind don't belong on Harvard University. That's just facts. You don't deserve to be there. Because by you being there, there are students that qualify to be there that's being left out because of you, because of affirmative action. And as African-Americans, black folks, Negroes, we need to be ashamed of ourselves. We're never going to gain the respect as a people on this continent until we're able to live up to the standards that everybody else is doing. We're never going to gain it. So we can't sit here and say justice because an Asian girl having to get 1350 and an Asian boy having to get 1380 and a white child got to get 1310. That's not fucking justice. When you can get in, excuse me for cursing, if you can get in with an 1100, that's not justice. I'm sorry, it's not. And all these parents are patting themselves on the back, African American, oh my child go to Harvard, sit down somewhere. Because your child didn't do the work and didn't get in like everybody else. I mean, they have a three, a three tier, three level SAT uh, score based off of race and gender. That's ridiculous beyond absurdity. That's the one thing that the African American community have always complained about. Oh my God, racism, racism, racism. You know, it's not enough diversity and oh my god and then this right here is acceptable in the african-american community say hey listen we know we some dumbasses we know we can't cut the mustard hell we don't even desire to cut the mustard if i could get in with 1100 that's all i'm gonna do i'm just gonna do just enough just to get in and pat myself on the back and say hey i got into harvard university two questions i would ask what was your sat score and what you majoring in because I know you're not majoring in anything that's going to challenge you. You're not doing any mathematics because you just can't do that shit. So what did you get? What are you going? Because you're going to either be on academic probation. You're either going to flunk out or either you're going to change your major to some social mess. <laughs> and that's all you're going to do. This is why I am the way I am with the African-American community. Because... We just don't have the drive collectively as a people of descendants of slaves in this con on this continent. We're not hungry. We're not driven. We're just full of crap. And we complain all the fucking time and we just don't cut the mustard. Instead of complaining, get the 1350. Get the 1380. Prove to the world that we are supposedly, a lot of these people thinking we're the queens and kings of Africa and oh my God, we were so great. Prove it. All you got to do is prove it. Body of work tells it all. Don't tell me what you think you are. Are you Egyptian or you the original Israelites or we were this, that, and the other in Africa. No, we weren't. We weren't Moors, none of that. We were weak. We were the weak people. Only the weak people got put into slavery, not the strong people. I don't get it. So these are the things that the African-Americans on this continent, we have embarrassed ourselves so bad and everybody just take laughs. With I mean, look at our hair. Our boys will walk around here looking like something out of the Little Rascals. You get me? What was the little boy's name in Little Rascal? Uh, shoot, what was his name? Buckweek or something? I don't know. Hair all looking all crazy. That's the way that African-Americans were depicted back in the day of looking disheveled, unmanageable, not professional. And in 2022, we looked the same way where we, that they depicted us back in the day. We looking disheveled, crazy, and we want somebody to give us some respect. It's ridiculous beyond absurdity. So this is why I don't like I don't like the term diversity. I don't like the term equity, inclusion. I don't like them. Because they got it built in, it's built in to where one group is going to get an advantage and another group is going to be left out or pushed to the margin.
I don't like it. I think we should get rid of, I feel we should get, and I know we should get rid of all colors, period. Get rid of that diversity crap. Get rid of that inclusion and equity crap. That's that's the enemy talking. What, what the African-American community needs to do is stop so much complaining, stop being so destructive, stop being so disrespectful, cut your goddamn hair, look professional, get that weave and them braids and plaits out, put some clothes on, stop looking half-naked, Stop wearing clothes with, with holes in it. Pull your damn pants up. Read some books that's going to challenge your intellect and going to challenge your core beliefs. Get in there and start digging in mathematics. Stop playing those video games. Stop that football and basketball crap. And spend more time like the Asian children are doing. Get into your grades. Getting into your schoolworks. Deal, build your math skills, build your reading skills up. Like I said before, 15% of African-American students can only read on grade level when they leave high school. Compulsory indoctrination. We don't have time to be, if we, listen, we're the laughing stock of the world. Nobody takes us serious because all we do is complain and complain and complain. Your body of work is what people are going to respect you on. I don't know why my eyes keep looking all over. I apologize. Um, it's a body of work. Take care of your business and you'll get the respect. That's why the Asian children get the respect. And they get the respect, but now they're getting dumped on so they can let your butt into a school that you shouldn't be in and you haven't even met the qualifications. It's just straight wrong, man. And the fact that we accept that and we allow that to happen in this country is wrong. And that the African-American community... It's saying it's okay. Oh, yeah, it's okay for me to get 1100 The hell with the Asian children. It's okay. No, it's not okay. No, it's not. I know I could never get into Harvard University. I just wasn't that kind of student. But if I was, because of my ego and who I am, yeah, there's no goddamn way I'd be trying to get in somebody's university if I know everybody else on the campus got to get 13, 10, and up. What do I look like walking on the campus saying, oh, yeah, I got in with 1100 Nobody's going to ask you to a study group because you're dumb as hell. You don't know shit. It's not racism, folks. If you can't cut the muscle, it's not racism. You have to be able to cut the muscle and do the job and make sure to work. These parent, African-American parents, they failed their children. Okay? You failed your children. Forget all that football. I keep going out here seeing all these African-American children with their football helmets on or whatever. And the first thing I ask my wife, I say, how many books they read? Can any of them read on grade level? Can they do math? What kind of math they doing? And heavens forbid, please don't go to some historical black university. God knows. They don't measure up. They suck. I'm sorry. They don't measure up. I would never send my child to a historical black university. I guarantee you, you don't need, I guarantee you 1100 into a historical black university will probably get you, you're probably one of the top students in the damn on the campus. Because all they do is play band, sports, and everybody's graduating in some type of social degree. Nobody's, nobody's leaving a historical black university and going to MIT. It ain't happening. We're just too goddamn lazy. We're not great. We're not that. At all. Civil rights movement, all that stuff destroyed us, and we just loved it up. So, no. Affirmative action needs to go. I think it's a bad, it, 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 it's made us lazy and complacent. Uh, like I was telling Steve, I said, you know, I, I asked him, had he ever heard a book, had he ever read Up From Slavery? You know, this is a guy with college degree. I just assumed that he did. He had never heard of Booker T. Washington. He had never heard of Booker T. Washington. He said, the high school? I said, yeah, but have you never heard of Booker T. Washington? Read this book, Up From Slavery, his story? And the more I'm in this world, the more I realize, even on African-American, black campuses, Norfolk State, Hampton University, a lot of these children have never read Up From Slavery. They staying in dorm rooms that's, that's in uh, uh, Hampton University. It's got W.E.B. Du Bois, but they've never even read his body of work. We're not hungry, like my wife would say. We're not hungry. Spoiled. 
Like I told them, these these children have never faced any racism. Sport. I, I met a gentleman last week, and he was part of the Maury High School here in Norfolk. It was Maury, Granby, Norview. Those are schools were here were 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 traditionally uh, only white stu students went back went back in the day, 50s, 60s, and whatever. And when they integrated those schools in the early 60s, he was part of that group. He said it was 30 uh, black students, 15 males, 15 females. And he was part of that group that integrated those schools. He remember being chased by white students. I told him, I said, I was born in 63. I barely remember Jim Crow. I lived in Virginia. Virginia is one of the slowest damn states. To, they didn't want to get rid of none of this. They wanted to keep Jim Crow. They wanted to keep slavery. They wanted to keep everything. Anybody know when you go through history, when they when the word Virginian came in, they were like, oh, yeah, they, they rough, man. They, they rough on they, their slaves. They're, they're rough. Virginia had that reputation. So when the integration happened and me and him was talking, I'm telling him what I'm saying to you right now about the civil rights movement, about uh, affirmative action, about the welfare state. I'm breaking it down to him by integration. The idea was what integration was, Brown versus the Board of Education, 1954, that why my daughter got to walk all the way down the street 10 miles to go to school and say, why can't she go over here with these schools here? Well, only white children get there. Only white children go there. Well, we need to go to school with them. As if we re, if we go to school with them, then we're gonna be great because they get the the updated books, and we thinking if we rub elbows with the white child, we're gonna be okay. How's that worked out for us? It hasn't. It hasn't worked out for us because that was an illusion. That was something that was sold to the African American people, and the. The white man, as a lot of these Black Lives Matter people and all these people think it's systemic racism, gave us what we wanted. How'd that work out for us? It didn't. We actually did better when we weren't integrated. We were actually doing better. We asked for the welfare state. We got it. How'd that work out for us? Kick Adam out of the house. Eve going to be the head of the house. Crime shot up. Single, single family homes shot up. Truancy shot up. Oh, we asked for minimum wage to be increased. Okay, we did. Guess what happened? Black children couldn't get jobs now. Nobody wanted to hire them. It was a disaster. You understand what I'm saying? It was a disaster. Everything we asked for, we got, and we went backwards. Had we just left it, left it alone, tell the government to stay out of our business, Take care of the Constitution. Make sure you enforce the Constitution. Declaration of Independence. We'll figure it out. We'll get around the redlining. We'll get around all this other stuff. We'll fund our own uh, schools and we'll educate our children ourselves. Just make sure that's all enforced. Now, back in the day, the reason why you had all the issues in the South, because the Supreme Court was full of a whole bunch of white men and a lot of them were, let's say it, racist. I accept that. Okay? They did not follow the Constitution. And the presidents of the United States, Roosevelt, um, these guys didn't want to, they didn't want to rock the boat because they didn't want to lose the Southern votes. So they allowed that Jim Crow stuff to happen. They allowed that segregation, equal but separate stuff to happen. It was no equal. It was just separate. But we, but again, we still could have done it without that. We just chose not to. And then all of a sudden we turn around and we got everything we want. We got everything we want. <laughs> and how did that work out? It didn't. It didn't. We're, we're worse off than we ever been. 90% of African Americans kill African Americans. You know, African-American, I said in the last podcast, African-American black women abort their babies four times more than white women. I mean, illiteracy rate is bad. Neighborhoods are bad. Crime is bad. I mean, Steve was talking about they were at a visual in a, a black neighborhood because 
one of the black youth was shot and killed by other black, somebody black. Because trust me, when a black man carries a gun and he has bullets in it, he's not fantasizing about shooting a white person or fantasizing about shooting a Mexican or Latin or somebody else. His fantasy is shooting somebody that looks like him, somebody black. That's reality, folks. That's reality. That's why Black Lives Matter to me is a fraud and it's a, 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 a terrorist group. I have no I have no patience for that. But but this is some of the reasons why I think affirmative action needs to go away because it hasn't it hasn't helped us get better. It actually made us weaker. If you tell me I can get in with doing half the work and everybody got else got to do 100% and I got to do 50%, human nature is going to take advantage of that. Be it right or wrong or indifferent, human nature is going to take advantage of that. And that's what the African-American community did. They took advantage of it. And they lost. And you got a lot of race hustlers out there trying to spin it in another way. A lot of progressives want to spin it and make the African-American people seem like victims. And when they can't cut the mustard on these universities because they shouldn't be, an in, shouldn't be there anyway, it's always racism. Racism. Racism, and it's not racism. You shouldn't have been there in the first goddamn place. So again, what we need to do as African Americans is we need to step up to the plate, do what the Asian children are doing, do what the white children are doing, less video games, less playing outside, less shaking your ass to Beyonce and, and, and what Nicki Minaj and these fools. Stop listening to that crazy rap music that's all about violence, and that's it. And and and, and again. Confucius said, if you want to know how a community is being governed, follow the music. Whatever music they listen to, that's how they're being governed. And African-Americans with that rap and that gangster stuff and all that mess. There you go. There you go. Dumb as hell and violent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, hate, I, I, hate to, I hate to say that. Dumb as hell and violent. That's what, that's what we do. We ain't no stopping no violence. You know, it would take two, maybe three generations. If we stop today and we tell our women to stop that crazy shit on I don't need a man and get back with Adam, stop uh, 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 feminizing Adam. Adam, you become a man. Stop being a beta. Y'all get together, develop a team, protect them children, and do the job you're supposed to do. God, man, woman, child, in that order, we can turn this thing around in two generations. But the spirit is willing and the, and, and the, and the flesh isn't, as the Bible says. So, and there's a church on every damn corner in a black neighborhood. And, you know, you know my opinion about the pulpit, useless, <laughs> useless. So, that's my rant about that. Affirmative action must go. That's my rant, and I gave you my reasons why it should. Because, again, it's discriminatory. It discriminates against other groups, other races, and um, it's a pot calling the kettle black. We can't, we can't, yeah, file when we're doing the same thing to other people. Okay, so that's my rant on that. Now, let's get on to the Joe Biden. I don't know if that was a speech. I don't know what the hell that was, man. I don't know what that was. I tried to, I, I tell you guys this. I do not watch legacy news. I, I just don't. For any reason, I don't watch it. It's propaganda. It's garbage. I just don't watch it. I don't keep up with what's going on there. The, I get my information when I'm listening to people that I listen to on Rockfin, uh, like Richard Grove. And his group on uh, Grand Theft World, uh, Jimmy Doyle, um, Geopolitics. Um, who else I listen to? Whitney uh, Whitney Webb. Um, damn, who else do I listen to? Uh, quite a few people I listen to that will dump some information that's valid. Um, the Last American Vagabond. Um, damn. Let me look at here, man. 
because it's some it's some great some some great guys here. And I just want to give you listen. I don't mind giving a shout out to uh, people that have helped inspire me, and um, and I think these are things that people need to. Um, this is it's not coming up. I need to reset my phone. But anyway. I go to Rockfin, you know, I go to Rumble, uh, which this video will probably be uploaded to Rumble because I, I just, I got caught on the Rumble. Rumble doesn't, you know, censor anything. So most of my videos, if not all of them, will probably be uploaded to Rumble. But um, so when I'm listening to these other podcasts, of course, they got a comment on the Joe Biden debacle that whole thing so i'm stuck having to listen to it so i'm listening to grand theft world the other day and i'm listening and they got the whole the whole damn speech the whole thing so i'm looking at it and i'm saying am i in a, a star wars movie is darth vader gonna come out from behind with this red what is this red and black thing so when did we start doing this in america it remind me of um what it remind me of was um um uh, Captain America, the first one. When Red Skull and all his boys were sitting there and they were going Hydra and they were all in their uniform and you had that that red and black and then it was a Star Wars movie that had the red and black. Then uh it just remind me of the 1930s with Hitler with the swastika. I expected the two men. Only thing you had to do was take the uniform off the, the two Marines and put an SS uniform or a Sith uniform on them. And again, you're in the movies. And Joe Biden's up there sounding like one of these villains in one of these movies. That's exactly what it sounds like. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Vote, vote, vote. We the people, we the people. What the hell? He Listen, if you didn't pay attention, I'm going to tell you what he did. He literally was telling all of us that are not going to vote Democrat. He just basically said, you are the enemy. Either you're with me or you're against me. That's exactly what he said. Either you with me or you against me. If you don't vote Democrat, you're not black. <laughs> I remember he said that last time. But this time he's not saying that. He's saying if you don't vote Democrat in the midterms in 2024, you're the enemy. And we're going to take you out. So that's what he was saying. All that mess he was saying and all that. I just... Basically just carved through all that garbage he was saying. He was just ab living. I don't know what the fuck he was. That was crazy what he was saying. You know how he sound. I was like, what the fuck is he saying? Makes no sense. So what I picked up was anybody that's going to not vote for the Democrats or not vote uh, progressive. Anybody who's going to vote for Donald Trump, make America great, or DeSantis if he runs, or whoever. You are public enemy number one. That's pretty much what he said. And he just came out. He's the only president that I know of, that I've seen, that directly came out and threatened you. Remember when he had the speech about take the shot and all this stuff? And you know what? I'm, we're, we're sick and tired of this. Now take the shot. He wanted to say take the damn shot. That's what he wanted to say. Just take the shot. Do your duty. You know, that's what he was saying. And he was like, he was saying the same thing again the other day. That's exactly what he's saying. Vote, vote, vote. We the people, we the people, we the people. I mean, it was just, that's pretty much what I got out of it. I was listening to the other stuff and I was like, this dude is just wage war against the rest of us. He's just saying, I'm going to stick the SS on all of you guys. If you don't do what I want you to do. And basically, he he said that, but then his whole idea of he want, he's trying to target. And this is what he did during this meeting and what he did with the, the uh, 
the student loan debt. This is what he, they're trying to do. They're going after the 18 and the 30, maybe 35-year-olds, but I'm going to say more of the 18 and the 30-year-olds. That millennial and Gen Z group. The group that don't know shit. The dumbass group. That's what he's going after. That group is that's all emotional. And they misgendering me. Pronoun me properly. I need a safe space. Justice. I feel threatened if I got to read a book by a white author. I mean, this is the people that he's going after. The ones that never went through anything, weren't even born in the 60s, civil rights movement, know nothing about the Black Panthers, and they all walk around here like they're in the 1960s again, and we going out, and they got to come, and they in some damn civil rights movement. These kids are spoiled. And we've indulged them too long. We've indulged them too long. I blame the parents for this shit. I blame the mothers. I blame the mothers for it. 80% of women file for divorce. And most of these are women. And a lot of these women are single parents. And they indulge these children. And that's why they're getting up here thinking. That they can disrespect or say the things that they say. It's ridiculous. Okay. These are the people that they're going after because they know that they can manipulate them. They're not that smart and that bright and they don't know anything about the world or politics or anything. They don't even know. I mean, you, they don't even know anything. You just use semantics on them and they're just like, ah, ah, they're all over the place. So this is what they're after. And if we, on the other side of this coin, think that the Democrats are, are going to lose in, in the midterm, y'all better wake the fuck, wake up. And you better get on, and, and conservatives better get together, man, because conservatives have just dropped the ball over and over and over again. You got to fight these guys with fire, man. You got to push back at these guys. Because they're going after the my choice abortion killers they're going after those they're going after all these lgbtqs they're going after all this transgender mess they're going after all these people those are the people they're trying to get the feminists the feminists man i mean that's some dumbass women I, I don't get that they just dumb they don't they don't get it but they are i'm sorry if i'm stepping on some toes i am because they just don't realize how they just screwed themselves they don't even realize how this whole thing is a lot of people think that the um, Woodstock was this great thing. It was an experiment. <laughs> it was an experiment fostered by the CIA and the FBI to get women to give up their chastity and give up their virtue and act like fucking oversex animals and give them birth control and tell them they could just sleep with everybody because they knew the more that a woman sleeps with more men, more partners, they become numb, 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 and they're detached from Adam, and they detach from their chil having children. That's what it is. So, um, yeah, that whole thing with Joe Biden, man, I'm just breaking it down to you. It was just, it, he was basically declaring war on the rest of us that he know that's not going to vote uh, progressive come November. I'm not, I'm definitely not. I'm not saying I'm a Republican because I'm not. Because I believe both parties, there's no distinction between the two. They're both war mongers. They both take money from the pharmaceutical companies. They take money from the oil companies. They take their their control by the Trilateral Commission and the Council on Foreign Relations and the World Economic Forum. These people are controlled. So there's no difference. They both sides are screwing us. But I have conservative views. And then that what makes me have to go and go go and say, okay, well, locally, I'm just gonna go republic. I'm just gonna vote red, you know. And knowing that it's not gonna fix anything, but I'm definitely. But the progressive and the liberals are just way off. The 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 left is just way off the goddamn cliff. I mean, I'm sorry, I cannot 
vote uh, left. I'm sorry. They just shot themselves, man, T too much with this critical uh, critical race theory and Kendi and all these guys. No, I'm sorry. And, and, and I'm sorry. Uh-uh. I can't do it. Um, I used to not vote at all because I really don't feel like that we really have any control, especially the presidency. We don't have, we have zero control over that. I'm telling y'all right now, zero. Okay. But locally, yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, we got some say in it. Uh, understand that the city council and the school board administration, we just got to be get better at that, man. I mean, you got a lot of progressives over here being responsible for our children, and we should not do that. I'm going to say this to everybody right now. You can do whatever you want to do. In today's climate, y'all need to take your children out of these schools, private schools and public schools. They have private schools in New York that people are paying $50,000, $60,000 a year for their children to go to. And these people are molding and grooming their children in a progressive way. And they believe that the parents don't have a voice. This is not just public schools, folks. This is the private schools, too, where you're kick it, where you're paying a double tax with the idea that you're going to give your child... Um, uh, an advantage. You're going to give them advantage. Uh, an advantage. Yeah, they'll be able to rewrite and spell, but what are they rewriting and spelling? Okay, what are they doing? What type of ideology are they going to come out of these schools with? Because your child's going to come home and going to have purple fucking hair and saying that they're binary. I'm uncomfortable in my body as I am. I should have been a boy or, or, or a girl. This is what they're teaching them. In those private schools that you're spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars on, yeah, yeah. I mean, the public schools are already screwed. They just, you know, it's no hope for that shit. But the private school where you guys feel like you're trying to give your child an advantage, those people are screwing you over, man. And y'all need to get real deep into that curriculum, and you need to see what type of mindset. And they know how to talk. They know how to get around you. You got to be more savvy than they are. Don't let them be soft and this, that, and the other. That's a trick, man. Don't let them do that. Find out what the, I want to see the curriculum. I want to see what books are in the library. I want to see what what the what the uh, syllabus is going to be. What y'all plan on teaching my child? Y'all need to be y'all need to be responsible for the curriculum. Y'all need to be responsible. Not the principal, the vice principal, and the teachers. You guys need to sign off on the syllabus. If the par the parents need to sign up, and if you guys not requiring, you spending fifty, sixty thousand, and you're not requiring to sign off on the syllabus, you, man, come on, man, come on, you you you're giving your children away to strangers that don't have your best interests and probably don't have a lot of your core values inside of them. They just disrespect you all day. I mean, so I'm encouraging anybody who listens to this that have their child in a private school. Your child's been indoctrinated. And you paying for it. <laughs> you paying for it. And you paying for the, the public school system children to be indoctrinated too. So, you know, you got to wake up to this stuff. You just can't be sleeping all the time. Wake up. I know you, you know, CEO and CFOs and y'all making all this money in these corporations. Y'all need to cut that shit out. Y'all need to start focusing on your family, man. Because these people are after your children. And they love to get the nice, high, middle class, rich, white children. They love those. But again, you know, they got Magic Johnson's son too in L.A. And they got Dwayne Wade's child, you know, thinks he's a girl. So, I mean, if you're smart, you get the hell out of L.A. and California. But it is what it is. So, um, let me see. That's my rant. Now, I'm reading this new book, Trilateral Over America, and I forgot to bring it in with me. And I was telling Steve about it. He said, what's the Trilateral Commission? <sighs> I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there that don't know what that is and how they are very manipulative and how that system, the Council on Foreign Relations. Whew. These guys, are, I'm telling you, man, these are psychopaths and these are crooks. And so I'm going to go over that in the next video a little bit. I'm going to show you the book. I'm going to go over it. I like to look. These are books that was in my library. And I was just digging around, looking for certain books. 
and didn't realize I had purchased these books. See, I like getting older books because I feel like older books, I like older books versus newer books because older books, I feel like, will give me the roadmap to why we're in the situation we're in. I like digging in them old ones, man. And Trilateral Over America, that, that was written, I think, in 73. And the one I had just read, I showed, I shared with you guys uh, in the last uh, video uh, podcast, uh, Still in America. That was written in 76. And you see all of this stuff. You see um, the manipulation in our society today. You see it. You see how these people are no good, man. They, 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 they hate you and they hate your children. And they think that all of us working class people, yes, you the CEO person. Yeah, you're a working class person too. You probably just make you making more money than the rest of us, but you're working class. And they have no respect for you. They think you're an idiot. Now, here's a book right here I, I want to share with everybody. I don't know if you can see it. Nah, the likes too. The likes blowing it off right here. But anyway, it's a top secret silent weapon for quiet wars. A programming programming manual for control of society. Now, I came across this in a YouTube video that somebody had put up. It was like 45 pages. I, I listened to this thing and I downloaded it to my phone. And I also bought this book, Beware of the Pale Horse, which is in that book. And it literally talks about everything we're going through now, how they're going to change boys into girls and go girls into boys. What chemicals they're going to put in the water. To, to, to lower the uh, testosterone in the males and raise the testosterone in females. It's all, I mean, these guys have been planning this stuff for a long time, folks. But we see in the day is not something new. It's not by accident. They've been planning this for a while. So in the videos coming up in the future, I am going to try to uh, share what I'm read, what book I'm reading at that time, and I'm gonna share it with you, and I'm gonna tell you exactly the name of the book, the name of the author, and um, and 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 encourage you to go purchase these books. I just want to encourage everybody. Listen, less television, more reading. Okay, I was just listening to the brothers, the Dallas brothers. It's a book called The Brothers, Dallas Brothers. Um, and I don't read as fast as everybody else. So I got audible. And so I listen to as many books and I'm, I'm listening to that book for the third time. And, and Della said that Americans don't read. So it's easy to manipulate them. <laughs> and this dude was saying this stuff, man, back in the fifties and the sixties and seventies, man, Americans don't read as easy to manipulate them. We are the most propaganda propagandized people walking around in the developed world. Americans are. We are definitely propagandized. And the author says something at the end of that book that the Dallas brothers, as much as we want to slam them and call them monsters, he said, but at the end of the day, they are us. They had that whole American thing that we've been fed, that we're better than everybody, we're more just than everybody. We can't just let people do their own thing. So... And this is what we've been fed, that we're number one and we got to be number one and we're better than everybody. We have democracy and we have this and none of that can be further from the truth, guys. We are a country that have been hijacked and seized by the central banks, by the uh, lateral commission, by the uh, Council on Foreign Affairs, by the World Economic Forum. We It's like Hydra. In, 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 in Captain America Hydra Infiltrated Seal Steel was Seal? Steel? Whatever uh, Nick Fury was in And um, And they had infiltrated the whole thing Had infiltrated They were all in You didn't even know who was who You had no idea And that's what we are in America right now Up there in Capitol Hill up there in the White House, up in your local government, it's been all infiltrated. And um, I don't know if we can get ourselves out of this. 
I don't know what can happen, but I know one thing. Like I said before, we got to get our moral compass together. We got to get back to the scripture. We got to get back to the Old Testament. Because we got a lot of false prophets out there. And um, we just need to do that. That's the way. Because I was listening today some YouTube thing. Again, I'm going off the rails here. I was listening to YouTube. I was reading in uh, Leviticus. I was reading, uh, um, what was it? 1822 when it was talking about how a man mankind should not lay with mankind like you lay with a woman and then 2013 when it said a man should not lay with a man as he lays with a woman and also in first king talks about the same thing and this guy was up there and i guess he was pro lgbtq and he went through the scripture trying to say that that uh the scripture really doesn't um, have any objection to the LGBT to a homosexuality. And I thought I was going to fall out of my chair. His argument was, well, are you going to go and kill a, a, a homosexual like uh, Leviticus says? If you can't do all of it, part of all of it, then you shouldn't do any of it. And Jesus spoke about love. And it would go to always go to the New Testament and talk about love, try to twist love up in there and try to justify the behavior. And I looked up there, I'm saying, and I commented, be careful of false prophets, guys. That's the enemy talking. Because it's clearly in the Bible, he talked about it three times. Man shouldn't lay with a man like he lays with a woman. And that meant for women too. But again, they were talking more about men at that time because it's a more of a, a male thing. Bible, and we know in Greece and Rome that that was pedophilia, but they didn't consider that as pedophilia. So you had married men and single men sleeping with young children and sleeping with each other, young boys and sleeping with each other. And that was normal in Greece and Rome and France and Paris. I had a friend, a buddy of mine that went to Paris a long time ago. He was in modern dance and he came back here to the States and he said, over there in Europe, bro, sex is... Whatever goes, if it's if it's crawling, running, if it's on legs, they'll stick it. <laughs> that what he told me. So when you go throughout history, you start to see that behavior, and it makes sense because they worship all kind of different gods. That's what they did. They worship all kind of different gods, and in their minds, that was okay. So it's not surprising that we're here in America, in a Western world with Roman and Greek. I mean, our, our calendars are what? It's Greek. So again, all of our stuff here is based off of Roman, Greek uh, mythology. So it's not surprising that in this Western world that we will advocate or support same-sex relationships. And then say, and then say, well, you know, well, I'm going to get to the gates of heaven and God's going to accept me because he say love is love. And one person commented and they said that, oh, I, I was afraid that when I get to the gates of heaven that I was going to be turned away because of my lifestyle. I'm like, yeah, you are. Unless you repent from it. Yeah. You don't want to die in that sin. But when you have people affirming that lifestyle. Because there are people that's in the LGBTQ community that's struggling with it. Even though they're in it, they're struggling with it. And that's the one thing I found out when I was reading the comments, that there were a lot of people in that, in that LGBTQ community that want to go to heaven and believe there's a God. It's just that they're dealing with the enemy. They're dealing with something in the inside, and they don't know how to... And the only thing they could they doing is... They just gave in to it. And I feel bad for those people. I really do. I feel bad for them. And I pray for them. And I don't demonize them. But I pray for them. Because I don't approve of that lifestyle. Okay. And I'm not and I'm not a person that never been touched by. Because I had a brother that was gay. And I have a son. That puts himself in that LGBTQ community. So I'm, I know about it. I've been around it. I've been around it. So it's not anything that I'm sitting back and going, oh, what up? no, I have family members that was there. And the way I think about it now, I've always been this way. I never adjusted it because of my family members. I never said, well, you know, my son and I got to look. I love my son. I love my boy. 
I really do. I love all three of them. Okay, and I and I would love to talk to them more if they if I reach out to them. They reach out to me, but certain lines in the sand, I'm just not gonna cross. I'm not gonna do it. But I love them, and I do. And I would encourage everybody: don't reject your family because they are uh, because they in that abnormal lifestyle. Don't reject them. I did that to my brother for a long time. I did. And, and and I'm ashamed of that. But what I am happy about before he died, because we didn't know he was going to die. I mean, we didn't. It happened in like two weeks. Me and him mended that. We mended that. We were talking. He would always come to the house. Norman, this, that, and the other. And he would, you know, and he was like one of the ones to dress up like a woman. And he was my brother. And I was the oldest. And I was supposed to be his keeper. And, and I embraced him as a person. And we got went through it and he was able to take my boys out and because before I wouldn't let him take my boys out. Now I'm talking something personal here. I didn't let him take my boys out because I didn't want him around that. And one day I came home and he was like, can I take the boys out? I was like, yeah, go ahead. And he had always wanted to do that. But see, I had changed in the inside. I had gotten closer to God. I had started my, I changed the way I looked at my brother and the way I looked at people that was in that lifestyle. Not that I agreed with it, but I changed the way I looked at it. And I said, they me, they humans. They shouldn't be rejected. They shouldn't be cast out. They shouldn't be doing that. I, I, would, I would never advocate hurting or injuring or killing anybody because of their sexual choices. Whether I agree or disagree and do it. I know what the scripture says, but in that case, I'm not killing nobody because of that lifestyle. And if I got to answer for that at the gates, I tell God, I'm going with your Ten Commandments. And your Ten Commandments say, thou should not kill, and I'm not killing anybody. So I'm not going to kill anybody because you said don't kill, and I'm not killing. Regardless of what you said right here, I'm not going to kill anybody, and I would never do that. I would never. If I saw somebody attacking a homosexual or a gay person on the street, I would get involved and protect that person because it's wrong. They're human beings. You don't hurt them. You don't do it because they lifestyle. We are, I'm no better than they are. Even though I'm a heterosexual, I am no better than that person. Okay? I'm not. So I want to let everybody know that right now. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love, love, love. That don't mean I got to condone it. That don't mean I got to sit back and say, you know, it's okay. Because I'm going to say, no, it's not okay. But I'm never going to discriminate against them, ever. Never going to discriminate against them. I'm not going to do that. But anyway, that's my little segue, my little piece right there. I told you, you know how I do. I go off the rails a little bit. Things in my heart or in my mind or whatever. And um, I'm still growing. And uh, and I'm gonna get better at this as well because I don't know how to do the the screen thing. You know how they take and they're talking and they can bring up something else. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if there's an app, whatever. But um, I'm gonna learn it. I'm gonna learn it. I'll figure it out. You somebody on YouTube will have it up there. But anyway, um, I hope this podcast um, brings some value to whoever watches it. Uh, please support. Uh, the channel of the Old Dog Soapbox podcast. Please go to my uh, Teespring page, Old Dog Soapbox dot creator dash Teespring dot com, and I believe it's Teespring or Spring dot com. And again, I have digital books. I haven't put any in in, in a couple of weeks because they had an issue with it. So I'm gonna put some more up tomorrow and some more uh, uh, designs for T-shirts and stuff like that. I got mugs or whatever. But definitely su support the old dog because the old dog needs the support so I can get better, buy better equipment. I got a lot of stuff in the on my wish list that I want so I can look a little bit more professional like the other guys. But anyway, thank you. Hug your family members. If you got any issues with what somebody in your family, if there's something your relationship is not where it's supposed to be, mend that. Mend it. Forgive it. Because life is short, folks. And you can't be holding any grudges against your family members. 
If you have a friend or somebody you got in an argument with, or you even got an ex-spouse or whatever, mend that relationship. Be the bigger person. I'm sorry. Okay? I'm sorry. Do that. And, and your life will be much better because of it. It all comes back around. Trust me. It all comes back around. But anyway, thank you for uh, signing in to the Old Dog Soapbox Podcast. And again, I'm your host, Norman Goodman. And I will see you on the next time. Stay safe. Stay blessed. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in.